Greetings, Alchemist. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we break apart the movies we love to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined, as always, in my never-ending military campaign against the stars by my friend and co-host, Alex Danzino. We'll call him Rico for this show. That this my, show, you're Rico. That was my, be- that was my best Casper Van Dien impression. Oh, Casper, Casper. So I'm sure you, as soon as you hear Casper Van Dien, I don't know if you're like me, you immediately think of Sleepy 1997 Holla. Starship Troopers. <laughs> yes, that's right. Master Braun. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, Starship Troopers. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a rather high 63%. <laughs> IMDb 7.2. I'm actually kind of shocked by these ratings. Yeah, the 7.2 um, I'm a little shocked by. I enjoy it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm still like drunk from the sun rays today and I read those wrong, but yeah. Uh, I enjoy this movie, but it is, it's, it's an unusual film at best. (laughs) I fucking love this movie. (laughs) Like it's, that's the thing. There's a lot of weird kind of disjointedness to it. Uh, a lot of the, the, the three character arcs playing simultaneously was kind of a, a swing and miss in a way, but this movie does a lot of little things exceptionally well that I think, I think make movie, it a very fun time to watch. This movie to me is like the perfect convalescence of like film alchemy and the things we've been talking about because really <laughs> nothing in this movie should even be considered remotely good. Like there is stuff in this movie you're like, this is bonkers bad. Like how did this even get out of the editing room? Like how are we doing this? But, like, somehow it kind of works within the confines of the universe created for the movie. And, like, it's really, it's, A, very fun to watch because it's just so ridiculous. But also, it, like, covertly shows you this very odd, uh, again, like, it has, it shares literally, I don't know, maybe, like, the names of people and the title of the book with the, uh, <laughs> with the, with the Heinlein novel. Yeah, I've never seen I I've think never this read secretly, it's one of those movies that is elevated by its source material. Yes. As it tries so desperately to drag it down into the bug eye. Yeah. Like this movie, <laughs> this movie is deceptively smart, which is really saying something because there's a lot of stupid shit that happens in this movie. Like for me, movie, you have to dig for it. What's that? <laughs> You you need to dig for anything I would call smart in this movie. Yes, you really. I mean, look, the movie itself is like one gigantic metaphor, which is kind of cool. But you have to like be willing to surrender yourself to that. Otherwise, it's just like a horribly shitty sci-fi movie. Like, yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is, right, is I was like, I like the starship troopering. Yeah, I don't like ever like because the movie starts off and it does a. Here's an action scene, and then it says one year earlier, and I'm already like, oh god, I fucking yeah. despise that. that, that I, I like, can't that is stand like one that of those, motif. I'll be like, it was like five viewings of this movie until I saw that, like the absolute very beginning, where it was like, I always thought it just started with Rico and uh, Dizzy yeah. and all those guys in high but school. This is, oh, but it's crazy, right? So it starts there, and then it it kind of does this John Hughes K Dick high school movie. Which is so strange. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then, you know, five minutes in, you're like, this seems like a porn parody of a sci-fi movie. Like, well, all like, the actors in the cast look like 
their porno counterparts to another movie and another actor I oh, should have been sure. watching. Like they're all dressed very like again, like you really dig for this movie. Like this is a really important thing about Starship Troopers. And it's another reason that I think it's a really fascinating movie. Is that when you dig below the surface, much like a uh arachnid or a bug, as they're referred to throughout the movie, you see a lot of things in this movie that are kind of fascinatingly uh, associated with the novel. Like the novel itself is a like kind of like, I think fascist right wing propaganda novel, like, but it's sort of written that way on purpose. I've always considered though. And I think you kind of have to the possibility, particularly because Paul Verhoeven's the director. Like this is a guy who uh, was in a concentration camp when he was a kid. Like that's like, this is the guy that was like, this is, this is the person directing this movie. And I was actually reading the, I was reading the uh, trivia on IMDb beforehand and Michael Ironside like read the book when he was a kid. When he took the part, he asked Paul Verhoeven, like you literally grew up like, why would you want to make this movie? And he's like, if I make a movie that's like super right wing and crazy, I'm not going to make it like post apocalypse sadness. I'm going to show everyone like this beautiful, like serene, wonderful world and like the only way we've gotten there is by murdering bugs. Like that's the best part of the world is like murdering bugs. Like that like the hierarchy and the social structure of this movie are like super undertone but it's really fascinating. Like basically so the year is 2197 and essentially because of how whatever's happened in the world uh the bugs, which are these giant arachnid aliens. Well, they, they talk about it even before that, right? The teacher, right, Ironside, is like, talking about the uh, the breakdown of society came because we relied right. too much on social sciences. And, you know what I mean? Like the good stuff in society. Yeah, exactly. Right? The things that and everyone essentially thinks fell into like a military. Us. Yeah, we fell into like this military martial law kind of society right. where uh, he even talks about it, right? Uh, voting is not something everyone gets to do. It's, it's, it's a right. A, it's something you earn, right? right? And then you use it as force, right? Force is the supreme authority is his. Right. That's something I actually liked about the movie is they do that. As we're getting this kind of porno storyline bit with the, the teenagers, Right. there's the moment where he's talking about force is the supreme nature of the universe, right? It's all force, force, force. Right. Um, the whole violence never cured anything myth. There's and then also- you cut to the biology teacher and she's talking about uh, you know, as humans, we always see ourselves as the center, but these these bugs actually have a lot of admirable traits that, right. you know, are technically better than us. Mass breeding and they have no ego, the building of the civilization. And what it what that scene especially does, it's kind of funny because you said you saw Heinlein as like it's this fascist thing. But I think it's almost so far to the extreme that to me, when you think about the story, it's obviously like undercutting it. Right. Oh no! I think, that's maybe, like, I think maybe that's Heinlein. The whole point. Like the movie right, he was is building straight that satire, right? But I'm saying I think Heinlein was smart enough too to know that was the, un- the undertone of it. Oh, for so, sure. But but there's this fun thing the movie does where they 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 mirror us somewhat with the bugs in this movie, right? Because th- that's what it sounds like: the no ego, the everyone for civilization, the mass breeding. That sounds like the military complex in this movie, right? Well, right. <laughs> so, the thing that I so the, there is kind of like a heavy, cool layer of this new world order playing out as we're watching uh, softcore porn acting. It's, yeah. it's oh, very yeah. unusual. And by start. the way, it's it's for sure softcore porn acting. Like, look, I think Casper Van Dien is hilarious in this movie, 
and he is so unintentionally funny because I know he was trying his hardest, but like he is not turning in this Oscar worthy performance. Like there's no, like well, no one is. No, this is, a, <laughs> this is a movie that stars Denise Richards. Like let's, let's all let that sink in real quick. Uh, it, yeah, it's so strange, but yeah, I mean, it really struck me as it's, it's this very John Hughes K Dick thing, right? So it's John yeah. Hughes, but we have the worst football game of all time. <laughs> Um, some it's of the like, teachers and this and that just are like horribly maimed, have robot hands. Just imagine so like, the shittiest like arena football league ever. And that's, yeah, that's this, that's where this world everyone football. scores on every play and can do insane flips. <laughs> that's the whole game. apparently. Uh, it's like watching <laughs> and one basketball where you're just like, this kind of looks like something I would enjoy, but no, uh, yeah, it's just strange. Right. We even have the like kid and the, the dad argument, right? So it, it yeah. plays exactly like this high school movie. And this is something the movie does a lot, right? Where it feels like it's so many different movies in one film. Well, and it's constantly, sh- it's, it, I don't know, but it, this well, part big, I was like, this is a big problem fuck? with like, again, I like the troopering. Some sure. of these parts are a little, but see, you, like, you got to dig to find those nuggets about well, like exploring. And this the, is where the, the movie itself is like the, that's where like the sociology is really important. And if you kind of, Look, if you watch this occasionally and don't pay attention, it is just like a big dumb action movie. But like if you watch like one thing that's motif that happens throughout the movie is this great like state run television vibe, which is basically like Fox News as it is now. I mean, there's really no there's very little difference (laughs) other than the interactive click on the screen. That's pretty much it. Right. Other than that, though, like it's state run television. But the further you get into it, you realize like the people like in the class with Michael Ironside, who he's teaching He's talking about citizens, like who are citizens and citizens are actually the starship troopers themselves. The citizens are these people who fight the bugs and because they fight and because they do the, all these things, they're awarded these privileges. Like one of the girls, you know, you, you, once we get into uh, once they get into training camp, you learn that a lot of the troopers are actually there because they want to get certain things like one woman decides to become a trooper because she wants to have a baby and you have to have a license in the future to have a kid. Like there's a lot of these little social undertones. You're like, that's kind of weird and kind of strange. And why would you need a license? Oh, because it's the future and people are psychotic. Oh, yeah. The state run TV is probably my favorite thing in the whole movie. Right. So as it totally should be just in one break. Right. We have the kids playing with the guns and bullets in the park. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, A murderer is going to be executed live on TV. Tune in at six. And then we cut to, a, uh, we find out that one of the things that may have provoked the bugs to launch the assault that murders uh, Rico's family later is that Mormon missionaries have pushed far into bug country and they oh, set up yeah. a new Joseph Smith town oh, yeah. it, on a bug planet and all the, and they're just panning around all these fucking murdered Mormons and it pans up to the, the golden Joseph Smith statue. And I was yeah. like, that is fucking great. It's fucking genius. Some <laughs> but no, you actually really... hit on it too. The other thing I love about the propaganda videos is the uh, would you like to know more question? It's a prompt. But again, once you're talking about state-run media and everyone taking over, and this is another point to the the civilians versus uh, citizens debate, right? Right. Even when you earn those powers, how much can you actually bring force against the order that exists? Right. Would you like to know more? What are you even actually learning, right? Are we just reinforcing the world we're in, the stereotypes, right? This defeat, right. Well, the so many, of the social sciences. Like, that, that is a fun extra wrinkle. Right. Um, and that to me, that's, that's the thing in this movie that 
allows you to kind of, all right, I can do some Jake Busey and Rico right. and whatever. Like, I can get by with this. It's kind of fun. Like, <laughs> I love that, like, Rico's parents. So, Rico's parents. Also, there's another thing in this movie that you totally get swept under the rug is they're all in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay, I thought that, too. I was like, maybe in the future we've got, like, a Pangea thing. All white, <laughs> all white people. All white people in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Like, this is another I mean, really you, Yeah, smart you could try thing. to, like, make an argument until you hit Neil Patrick Harris, and you're like, that's the whitest motherfucker yeah. who's ever been in any like, movie. This is the really smart thing that Paul Verhoeven's doing in the movie, is he's glossing over race entirely. Like, this is, like, a really fascinating thing he does in this film, and I, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but it's really interesting. It's like... We're basically watching this whole. We're watching this whole movie, and I, I mean, like, it's literally like, I think you could count on one hand the amount of uh, black people in this movie for sure. But like, there's Gabriel from Walking Dead and the lieutenant from his party, and then the guy who whips Rico in training camp. Which I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. We're, we're doing this? Was this, this is what we're doing? So like, <laughs> but like, this is the really interesting thing to me, and I don't think he did it on purpose. But like, when you really kind of pay attention you realize nobody gives a shit about what anybody looks like it just matters that you fight like literally it does not matter every single like once he once you're in the roughneck stuff what what, basic basic training anything like there's tons of movies about people who go to basic training like fucking desmond doss you know fucking desmond doss won't pick up a gun beat the shit out of him that guy's fat beat the shit out of him no one gives a shit in training as long as you do your fucking job and you fight the bugs. Who gives a shit what you look like, who you are, how you are. Do your job and get us all home safe. And you're the fucking man. Like, it's a really fascinating sort of, like, oddly post-racial movie. Because none of that shit is ever brought up. And a bunch of fucking honkies are living in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Like, <laughs> like by the way, super white people. Super white. Neil Patrick Harris, born and bred, Buenos Aires, Argentina. I don't think so. Not a thing. Not even close. But, like, then there's another crazy thing in this movie that they gloss over really quickly is the psychic bit where Neil Patrick Harris is, yeah. like, kind of psychic. Where he pretty he's, like, psychically making his ferret go try to nibble on his mom's upper thigh. Yeah, Fucking what creep. the fuck? Very if, if you had psychic powers and that's what you chose to use it for, but the best, that's a red flag. My that fa- is a red flag. My favorite part, though, is he's testing Rico, and he makes fun of Rico for being so dumb. He's like, God, statistically, you should have gotten one of these right by now, by accident. And I'm like, fuck, dude, don't yell at your dumb friend. Then well, Also, it's like, statistically, you shouldn't even be allowed to be around that ferret for what you're doing to it. Then he fucking puts <laughs> him on blast in front of everyone with those big computer screens where everyone sees their scores. He's like, ha dummy, doesn't know how to do yeah. math. Like, yeah, oh. Neil Patrick Harris, not necessarily the good guy in this movie. No. So <laughs> this movie, but this movie's cast is really kind of like, so there's uh, Casper well, Van Dien. So you have to stop, right? You have to segment it into there's the porno remake parody cast. Yes. And then there's the manliest, most badass cast ever, which is. Clancy Brown, Clancy Hank Brown, from Breaking Bad, and Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. I'm like, you have three of like the most fucking badass yeah. manly character actors, and then these these porn knockoff people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Michael Ironside is Michael Ironside and Clancy Brown are literally dragging the rest of the cast behind them. Like, come on, <laughs> you guys are gonna be in this movie whether you like it or not. Like Clancy Brown, like that uh, 
that knife throwing bit at basic training, that's like one of my favorite gags. Like I, the fact that that never paid off again in a big way. I know. I was like, what? Truly missed out. Yeah, that, that seemed like a really big thing, right? No, but th- this is what I mean, right? Like this is again, there's not nearly enough troopering. So when we cut to Denise Richard in the spaceship segments, you're like, oh my God. Oh, by the way, like, with Amy hit the Smart. Fucking, yeah, hit the star drive and get me past this fucking part of the movie. Please, God. Uh, the basic training is is fun, if not completely disconnected from the overall kind of yeah. picture of the movie. She, but again, it's like you still get Clancy Brown. You get some fun obstacle course training. You get the knife training. Uh, the poor farmer guy gets his fucking head blown off in oh, a yeah. gnarly accident. Yeah, that right? fucking... Yeah, so uh, Rico gets promoted to, like, squad commander. <laughs> And they're in a live fire exercise. Like, my fucking helmet doesn't work, sir. He's like, let me see it. And takes it off and gets his fucking head. Well, so like, it's like, what's not working about it? It's sitting upon your head. It's sitting upon your (laughs) head, protecting you from being murdered, dummy. Yeah. You're fine. Uh, Yeah. And then another thing that's really important is the the guy who is is Denise Richards' co-pilot is, I don't know his name. All I know is that he is the guy who broke up Kelly and Zach in Saved by the Bell. That's the only thing he's ever been known for other than this movie. But that is what he will be referred to for the rest of this entire show. I will say the guy who broke up Kelly and Zach from Saved by the Bell the entire rest of the show because I refuse to look up his name. Because even (laughs) if I did, you wouldn't know what it is. But if I say the guy who broke up Kelly and Zach from Saved by the Bell, you'll totally know who I'm talking about. I totally didn't know that. I actually did not know that. (laughs) it's It's definitely that guy. But anyways... Denise Richards stuff is very fucking boring because honestly, who gives a shit? But they're like awesome Dear John letters back and forth are so much like hilarious fun because they're so staged and terrible. Like he's like, hold on, like, here's the barracks. We're all having a lot of fun here. And like showing everyone and Jake Busey's playing that fucking Dave Matthews violin, which is hilarious. By the way, there is not one iota of me that was able Every, nothing in this movie is technically believable, right? You must suspend that. Right. Uh, as soon as I saw Jake Busey's hobby was violin, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> no way with his jittery hands after just constantly crushing monster energy drinks and vape <laughs> is he playing violin. That's like, get the fuck. In, in this entire movie, that was the one time I, I couldn't. I was pulled out of the movie completely, and I was just like, get the fuck out of here. There's also like, okay, this is another thing too, is men and women can sign up to be citizens and it doesn't matter. They don't split up the barracks or right. anything. So like, well, no, in- even in battle, you see some, like the, one of the women's the first one to get dragged underground in that yeah. battle scene. Well, that's like, uh, there's also this kind of weird non-sexual shower scene. That's what which I, when that's I was, what I was a talking kid, about. That's why right. we sought this movie out. Like not my proudest moment per se, but you're like 12 <laughs> or 13. You're like, wait, there's some fucking titties in a movie. That's like, I'll watch like any movie that has some titties. And it's this very strange, like it is. It was just kind of giving you these undertones of the world as it is. Like, oh, I want to be a politician, but I can't be a politician unless I become meat for the grinder, right? Right. I want to have a baby. We talked about that, but it's it's this odd thing where it's also like, and there's just boobs everywhere. But that's like (laughs) this really interesting, and I think this is kind of a Paul Verhoeven thing. Like Paul Verhoeven puts this really boring, like. Think about it. That scene was probably originally written to be like in the barracks. They're all like laying in bunks talking about what they want to be. And he was like, no, no, no. This is boring as hell. We're doing it in the shower and everyone's naked. Like It's that's... his version of Aaron Sorkin just walk and talk because he's like tits and talk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly. How do we make this fascinating? <laughs> How do we make this fascinating? Naked showers. Oh, my God. Perfect. 
Like, again, I mean, he's not wrong. It's more interesting. It is more sure. interesting. Yeah, that woman describes like, oh, I want to have a baby. You got to have a license and it's easier to get one if you're a citizen. Like all this kind of stuff that's this sort of like strange social cues. So Rico <laughs> ends up being a squad commander. The Hayseed dude gets his head blown off and yeah, he gets, he gets lashed. He gets court-martialed for uh, being a bad, uh, bad, uh, bad squad leader. So he decides he's like going home because he's like, I caused death. Like, I can't be a part of this anymore, which is like the worst. You know, it's Casper Van Dien doing his best, doing his damnedest to be like the best actor in the movie. And he's just failing miserably. So as he's walking out of training camp, he like he like uh, video calls from AT&T, by the way, in the future is still a thing. AT&T video calls his parents and then the signal cuts out. And you find out, and then you get one of the best lines in the movie is everyone's screaming and running towards a video screen. And like, what's going on? War! We're going to war! And then the redhead's like, damn bugs whacked us, Johnny. And you find out that <laughs> that fuck, that huge fucking meteor that earlier in the movie, uh, Denise Richards and company totally fucked up and missed came straight for Buenos Aires, Argentina and like murdered. Which may my- have been launched to earth because of the fucking Because Mormons. of the Mormons. Way to go, Mormons. <laughs> Got so they fucking got iced and like by the way the number of dead by this uh, by this thing is like in the like fifty million people I'm like how many fucking people can fit in Argentina how is it this many people oh it's huge this is a future population we already have population explosion right. so uh, th- yeah this is where we get the war propaganda yeah we get the, uh, we get the would you like uh, to see more click film. Yeah, this that that one actually kind of unsettled me. I was like, oh god, this feels way too real. Yeah, see, this is another thing about the movie is like when you watch it now, it's not so much the future as the very immediate future because there's a lot of stuff in it that's very we're dealing with this kind of shit a lot of the time, especially this sort of military industrial complex that runs the state. Like that's a very big prevalent notion in the movie is like the only guarantee we have is through force, like Michael Ironside says in the beginning of the movie. Well, there, there's a there's a an interesting underlying thought I kept having as I was watching it, which is Casper Van Dien. Why that, is he so hot? No, that that strangely wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it was right after I contemplated Jake Busey possibly knowing violin. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a like even a fiddle or a banjo, just not a violin. I can't buy. It. Anyways. <laughs> There's this uh, the thought that we may be provoked to bugs, right? So as we build this industrial complex, you're constantly struck in the movie with them trying to recruit. Right. You don't recruit all these people and build this army unless you're planning on using it, right? So it strikes me as we have gone out to the stars to purposefully seek an enemy, right? We want to find an enemy because then that helps the military keep its grasp on us. Right. So there is a part of me that wondered if we intentionally had helped provoke the bugs to attack us, if they were very excited that the bugs had hit Buenos Aires, uh, you even see it as they're like attacking the planet. They say, Oh, we didn't know they, you know, the debate about the brain bug begins, right? There's obviously a cast of intelligence. They have military intelligence. No, they don't says the state run like Sean Hannity guy. right? Right. I refuse to accept it. Um, but it, a part of me is like, I feel like they knew and they didn't care, right? Because then it cuts to the news coverage. 100K dead in an hour. Right. Like, it's it's titillating, right? It's that's creating really, this, this boogeyman. That's a very interesting uh, theory. I think that's actually probably accurate 
to be honest with you. Like, this is the kind of movie where I'd say that would make a lot of sense given the content and given the level of satire we're at. Well, it's also, I mean, the bugs kind of play in an interesting way where early in the film they kind of describe bug society. And it sounds like this military industrial complex as we're laying it out, right? Right. Um, but by the end of the movie, you're almost sympathetic to the brain bug, right? We catch one. Now we'll understand them. And all we're doing is just kind of torturing this thing. Yeah. This helpless, bulbous, kind of disgusting looking creature, right? This giant bug that um, needs to get carried around by other tinier bugs. Yeah. Well, okay, we're skipping some stuff. But when they catch the bug, right, there's this moment where NPH is doing the the fucking creepy, you know... Oh, the, uh, the empath thing where he, like, puts his hand on it? Yeah, Anthony Edwards or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> He's trying to, like, <laughs> he to, to brain with it. He and he comes up him. and he just goes, uh, it's afraid! And everyone cheers and there's kind of this moment of, like, wow, look at the barbarism of us. Right. Oh, this, no, totally. This shocking moment is, you know, it and it, it just plays, is this unusual twist, right? Yeah. To me that, uh, it, yeah, it makes me think that it, but it also makes me think about the way in real war we do this, too, with our propaganda, right? Which is we must reduce the enemy to nothings, to, to animal, beast, well, horrible, evil entities. And so even as they say we can learn from it, well, you can't. That's the exact opposite concept right. of this constant, never-ending strife. And so it, it kind of plays as this fun as – because that's what I mean. The, the movie is kind of <laughs> silly and, like, there's fun bits in the, you know, the high school stuff because you get, like, the weirdest football game ever – and then in basic training, you get the awesome fucking manly actors in the sure. night training. There's a lot of but the fun third stuff. act, it's it's actual starship troopering, right? And it's fucking fun, dude. Like when they when they first assault the the first planet, right? The, oh, there's yeah. a huge space fleet and shit's getting blown up. They hit the ground, and the bugs in this movie are fucking awesome, right? Oh yeah, it's it's early animation, right? So it's not as crisp as it probably it's was. It's early at the CGI, time. but it's still pretty cool. But yeah, the the bugs look cool. They fight interesting. Um, there's another scene later on when they're trying to hold a base with Ironsides, and there's just this flood of bugs assaulting yeah. it. And then flying bugs are coming in and decapitating guys. And I was like, this is just like against my will, right? As I'm trying to like ponder these greater like uh, underpinnings of this movie, you're like, this is kind of fascinating. But this movie. Uh, but then it just gets to fucking space marines and giant bugs. Like, also, this is something cool. When they assault that first planet and even the base, there's a lot of extras in this movie. Boot camp has a lot of extras. There's something I've never been able to get over of just seeing a lot of people on screen. Yeah. Like, that's something that always, like, really gets me going. And so the troopering in this movie and the bugs as actual monsters are really fun. It just takes a while to get there. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of preamble, but once you get to that part, it's a lot of fun. And I think that's, I mean, honestly, what's great is, like, the first round, like, basically, they go to the they go to the first planet, and they get totally ambushed, and the bugs, like, come after them. And Rico, the star of our movie, gets fucking uh, a uh, claw through the leg. But he's mistakenly labeled it as, as, as a KIA, killed in action. Right. So, like, there's this whole thing, and... Uh, you know, he's trying to like he's finally kind of over Denise Richards and he's trying to fuck the other girl in his platoon, which is this whole <laughs> <laughs> which is this, this whole is where the John Hughes K. Dick comes back in. Yeah, which is this whole over. weird subplot. But like basically it gets us uh, it gets a girl naked on screen again. And 
Like this movie feels like it's made by like really interesting satirists who are just fascinated by the way the uh, military industrial complex works. And then like a 14 year old boy like, <laughs> and then the guy gets the girl in the bed. Oh, and her, her tits come out and it's so cool. No, it's talking tits. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's talking tits. This is the Verhoeven doing Sorkin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's truly. Yeah. So this happens. Rico comes back. And then uh, they go, they get a weird distress signal and they go, I think they go to the um, Joseph Smith thing, don't they? Yeah, is that the base they're holding down? So they go to the outpost and that base that's being held down is fucking overrun and destroyed. And there's like one, there's one guy <laughs> Wait, left. Isn't who's there like, a battle between there? Because there's a hilarious scene where it's like, you guys want a hard victory today. And Michael Ironside starts just oh, hitting yes. crates and all of a sudden it's just full of like, soccer balls and frisbees oh He's no like, he, he beer takes and balls the- i command you to have fun <laughs> like, hmm. he, the best is he like pull- <laughs> he literally with two hands without a problem left lifts a keg of beer out of this crazy like i bring the beer you have the fun i'm like that's because he's the manliest guy ever on screen right but i was so- like what a weird like god those crates couldn't have been filled with like ecstasy and condoms like come on <laughs> they just won a hard-fought battle where they saw their friends die to bugs like you're giving me a fucking soccer ball. <laughs> well, that's like one of the best things. I just is spent like, all day running and fighting in the mud. I don't want to get sweaty. Well, that's the thing. Sports. Like that girl, Dizzy, who follows Rico to basic training. She like goes into her cabin and Michael Irons has like walks up to Rico. And he's like, son, I told you one time before, like basically gives this horrible father's advice. Like, go fuck her kid. Like, that's really, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it ends up being. And you're like, but see, that's the okay. best advice in the whole movie. Right? <laughs> It's like, you almost got murdered already. What are you doing? Like, no, don't go play pickup soccer. Yeah, don't no. wait. Don't be shirts and skins. Like, Go, go bang that chip. Go, go pound. Like, yeah. do something that is going to bring any joy to your life. Rico doesn't make one choice in the movie that brings any good <laughs> into his life the whole time. <laughs> so, like, two or three times. In the, so, basically, Rico and Dizzy and Jake Busey join the Roughnecks, who are, like, these elite squad uh, commandos. And it's, uh, yeah, Gabriel from The Walking Dead, who is also oh Ellis. Time out. We also forgot one of the best directorial decisions. This was before he's listed as KIA, right? When him and Denise Richards meet back up and him and the, his old oh, shirky wait. football opponent. Oh, the party? So th- oh, oh, oh the fight? <laughs> yeah, and this is where we're, we're preparing for war. But this is not, I mean, of course these guys are going to fight, right? They're right. like pure testosterone, porno recast, right? right? They're all abs and chin and dick. And nothing underneath. So, of course, they have to fight. Um, but the Brawl song, right? It reminded me of the G7. Maisie stars fade into you. <laughs> I was like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, I the slow dance song from that. middle school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Amazing. Go back and watch. I literally was like, what are they fighting to? I was like, don't they have, like, cool space, like, Mortal Kombat music or whatever? And then all of a sudden, they're just like, Bugs muted. Because this also is playing as the camera guy's there. And he's like. Let me tell you something. Bugs murdered Buenos Aires and my parents. All the bugs are good bugs. Fade into you. And it's like, what is happening? But you're also missing. There's also like my favorite like confrontation between the two is so because the dude's a pilot, he's like a lieutenant or something. And Rico's yeah. just a private. And he's like, he's like, yeah, well, I don't fight up or I don't fight uh, higher officers. He goes, rank doesn't matter. And then he leans up. He's like, everyone hear that? Rank does not matter here. And he like takes off his tie. I'm like, what? This is the worst fight of all time in a movie. Like 
Well, they, it's because they're not amped up enough because they're fucking listening to Maisie Star. Yeah, they're listening to Maisie Star. It's not a street fight, you know, Rolling Stones. Yeah, like, what is this? The end of, like, a fucking, you know, 90s era, like, what was that show? Seventh Heaven? Or yeah, it's like, like, it's like, come the, on, we got it's, like, it's like the end of an episode of Dawson's Creek where Dawson and Joey didn't get along. <laughs> yeah. Coming this summer to Lilith Fair, Maisie Star has heard on Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> has heard on Starship Troopers. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I just love the idea. They're just all jacked up, like our families have been murdered. Macy I like to Star. think there's this one guy who's like in the corner, and he's like, "War is a construct, man. Life's a construct, man." And he's just over there, chain smoking, adding like some, uh, you know, dust from like the barrel of his gun as like eyeliner, <laughs> just playing Maisie Star, and he just happens to like ruin the brawl for everyone else. Oh my god! I totally when I heard that. that, I was like, I would. I would give huge amounts of money to go back in a time machine and just sit in the room when they're like, <laughs> all right, we have uh, a post-huge genocidal attack, uh, massive casualties. Rico's lost his father. He's about to fight uh, as he sees this guy who's stiffing his ex-girlfriend. What are, what's the jam? <laughs> right? I want to know what was on the whiteboard that got erased Yeah, that Maisie Starr conquered. <laughs> How about, it actually uh, might how about, be the biggest mystery of the movie to me. Maybe Enter Sandman, Metallica. No, no. How about Fuel by San, by uh, Metallica? No, no Metallica. They're Something like, oh, it's so false rage. All the rage is so surface. I need real, true angst. And then, like, <laughs> and then, like, someone, like, a writer's assistant who's just taking notes comes into the room, like, listening to their Walkman because it's like the '90s at the time, and they're yeah. like, "You wearing a beanie in the middle of summer? You, you, you what? What are you listening to?" Maisie Star, that's going to be it. Whatever that song is, let me hear it. <laughs> now nah, we'll make it work. <laughs> oh, my God. Or I'm... if, like, the chalkboard or the whiteboard got switched with, like, some rom-com movie. It's like, it's McConaughey and a good-looking lady with Maisie Star, and of course it'll sell. Wait, where's our whiteboard? <laughs> I don't know why. This really has overtaken a lot of my thought process of the movie. I fucking love this movie. It's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, right, is it's it's kind of a, a silly good time. So it's part it's part high school movie with just little extra unusual visuals and an entire new world order to to get you through. It's boot camp with insane insanely manly actors, wild shenanigans. Yeah. And then it's actually like a pretty good us fighting an alien horde movie at the end. Right. But to me, it's the, <laughs> that's the thing. A lot of the stuff on the surface seems unusual, but I, I think it's the more interesting, uh, bigger thoughts. Yeah. That the main action and the main cast don't really pull your mind out of that. So you're kind of visually watching this slack jawed. Yeah. As your brain is really crunching some bigger concepts. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It, like, it's like you said, it's alchemy. It's like, if you throw, if you're telling me it's like Jake Busey and a violin <laughs> and porn parody and Maisie Star, I'm like, there's no way that's going to create a great movie. On a very like. But because, it kind of does. <laughs> because on a very base level, like on the basic level of this movie, not very good. Like there's a very like there's a base level of what makes a movie like watchable and interesting. And uh, Starship Troopers misses that a lot. But then like you're right. There's another higher brain function in the back crunching numbers and going. Now, hang on a second. There's something else going on in this movie that I don't think we're picking up on that I'm going to pick on. 
like I'll hold it for you for later, and then you can like when you're done thinking about the you know tits in the shower and whatever else. Uh, <laughs> we got know. a tits and talk. We got tits and no, talk. But, but this is what I mean. It's, yeah, you, it's like, a movie that it accomplishes a rare feat that it can play to both your higher brain and your lizard brain at the same time. It does. It sneaks up it, on it's you. It's the movie like me and my brother couldn't be more polar opposites, right? I like to. I like the higher brain stuff, but I was talking to him on the phone when this he called me during this, and I'm like, I think you would fucking love this movie, right? Oh, yeah. And he's just all down for, like, the manliest 80s action movies, but I'm like, you'd love this. Oh, yeah. And it's it's an unusual and cool feat that it's able to play to both simultaneously. I do want to say there's – so the rest of the movie is really not important. Like, we beat the bugs. There's a whole brain oh, bug thing. You got it. I have a question. Why the fuck did he shoot Ironsides? What do you mean, why did he shoot them? So Ironside gets pulled into the hole, right? Yeah, he, and the, yeah, he told the him. The big to. alien bites his legs off. Yeah, he told. Why him. does he? He already has a robot hand. Nah, man. We already saw the recruiter has no legs exactly. and a robot hand. Ironside didn't. He Ironside didn't want to keep on going. He didn't want to just be just you know half a dude. He's not doing that. What are you talking about? Now he's still a citizen. He can bring his force of vote. No, dude. Teach. No one had. He. They didn't have. Oh, I they think didn't that's have legs. Sauce, and, dude. They didn't have legs. Ironsides is the leader of the Roughnecks. He's like, kill me. I don't want to live like this. He would get fucking robot legs. No, they don't have the robot legs. I'm sure they have robot legs. I didn't see no robot legs, dude. They have a machine. They put a fucking grunt Rico in a super baka tank that's re-sewing up his leg vagina. And you don't think they can fix him with some robot legs? I'm going to tell you this right now. Michael Irons- If you have robot hands, you can hey, probably have robot legs. Michael Ironside is a proud man. If he's going to get bit, both his legs bit off by the bugs, he's not going back out. He's had All I'm fun. saying is that at the end of the movie, Michael Ironside's your puss. So the old roughnecks, he's like, I don't care what you do. Just fight. Right. He fucking gave up the fight. So here's- he could have been there with robot legs with. No, he's a hero. He went out the way he wanted to go out. That's the important thing. That's not heroic. He set a a bad example for the other roughnecks. He went out the way. He did. uh, I have a scratch. I better kill myself. Uh. It's not a scratch. It's his legs. And he went out the way he wanted to go. He went the way he wanted to go. His life doesn't belong He went the way he wanted to go. You wouldn't know. You're not a roughneck. You wouldn't know. No, he's meat for the grinder. That's made very explicit in the recruiter, right? He's meat for the grinder. I don't approve. I would take away his right to vote. Also, even if he, uh, in this movie, I so, would revive him. I would revive him with medical science and make him reserve. Well, then you would not do his do his uh, memory honor. I don't honor his memory. So I don't. There's okay. he's a part of the trilogy of manliness, right? The Kurgan, Hank, and Ironsides, and he bails. And while Kurgan, meanwhile, is busting himself down to private and catching the brain bug. Right. Come on, that is a dirty way to do Ironsides. So there's dirty. There's another there's an effect at the end of this movie that I absolutely love because there's a lot of bad CGI in this movie, but there's an effect in this movie when the brain bug comes out. So Denise Denise Richards and the guy who broke up Zach and Kelly on Saved by the Bell crash land (laughs) on the planet and they get taken. They get taken down into the bugs lair and there they get pinned down and they meet the brain bug like the this is the big bug who's like basically planning all the attacks and shit like that. Mm. And. Or is that what the brain bug wanted you to think? Exactly. Dun, dun, so there's a dun. lot of that. But the best effect in the movie comes when, so basically, uh, they decide to, the way that they gain the knowledge of their enemies is by eating their brains. So they uh, bring up the dude, uh, the guy who broke up Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell, like he's a lamb for slaughter. And the big brain bug takes his big like proboscis and jams it down into his head. 
and just sucks his brains out. All <laughs> practical effects. It's so cool. Like I it, drink your milkshake. Yeah, it's the. I drink be- it all up. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's one of my favorite effects in movies. Like it's one of the best ones of all time. And like, like the guy who broke up Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell keeps trying to like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love your dedication. He keeps he keeps like trying to say like he has one day someone like me is gonna kill your whole fucking race and like spits I'm like. Oh, guy who broke up Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell, you're so going down. And then, like, he just gets his brain sucked out. And, like, he's like, ah, ah. But the whole time you're seeing, like, the brains get sucked out. And eventually, like, it's literally like. Uh, oh, my God. It's I like thought a, of a it's huge like a, missed opportunity. It's like a Capri Sun. Oh, my God. It's one of the best effects in the movie. Go for it. This what? would have been great is if they had lined him up and the bug starts to drink. And then it's like, huh? Shakes him upside down like there's just not enough brain to say she. <laughs> uh, and then he just starts awesome. going through porn extras and he's just. <laughs> he's so mad. And then, uh, yeah, so the and guy. He's like, but suddenly I know how to fuck. Right. So the guy who broke up Zach and Kelly from Denise, from uh, Say by the Bell dies. Denise Richard lives. Rico comes in with one of the best lines, which is like. Uh, yeah, you're some kind of big fat smart bug, aren't you? Like, it's one of those like. There's so many of these like terrible, like crappy little lines in the movie that I just fucking adore. And then they blow them up with, by the way, a handheld nuclear device, which they, <laughs> which they sure, outrun, which they outrun. One of my all-time favorite <laughs> '90s tropes is like outrunning a gigantic blast. Because they're meat for the grinder, there's no point to put a nuke in a big fancy casing and shoot it from space. They want the troopers to die so that people feel the threat and re-sign up. One thing that this movie accidentally does, by the way it kind of has the porn parody cast, is the entire movie almost plays as if it's government-made propaganda. Oh, yeah. Because there's an is. interesting part. There's, there's no moment where the characters seemingly stop and reflect. It's weird because... The, the the teacher at the start, the science teacher, might be the only person who kind of is contemplative. But even that's kind of like a, you better respect oh, this no, enemy because you're going to have to kill it. Ironside's but, the one who I always think of as like the one who's just been there. So he's like, yeah, I'm not really into it. See, I think he kind of, hence like Casper Van Dien's like, oh, he never, you know, tells me to choose the military. But he is definitely espousing everything. Right. From a pro-citizen standpoint, right? But to me, the movie, short of, you know, actually, I was thinking, I was like, maybe there's a scene or two that would kind of invalidate that. But the whole thing plays as if it's government-made propaganda. Like, you remember, Hitler did that. They would make movies about, like, German war oh, heroes yeah. and this and that to the show fact his people. That the fact that the That's follow-up is not about like. the Goebbels of uh, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the Goebbels of the... Um, of the uh, Starship Troopers world is just so disappointing to me. Yeah, because that's, I mean, it's one of those where you're, I don't know why. I mean, maybe the killed in action thing is weird. You're like, hmm, that's, but then again, that's him surrendering his Rico-ness to the the core, right? Right, yeah. But yeah, I was like, I was like, maybe that's, maybe some of the kind of cheesiness and whatever, the focusing on high school and the focusing on the training camp that is more easily explained if you look at this as one giant propaganda piece. Because if you were actually making this movie, the common sense would be uh, you do it like pitch black or something like that. You put 
all these badass Marines or aliens, right? Right. You put the Marines out on a mission or on Earth. They're defending against overwhelming odds of bugs. They find a way to win, right? Right. All this extra stuff. Then you're like, oh, shit, this is recruiting tactics. So if Verhoeven actually meant that, that's kind of an extra ballsy layer because you're like, well, we're going to waste an hour of the movie just so that someday someone will be like, oh, this is like a government propaganda film. That's very creative. Right. <laughs> well, I think you just did it. So at some point, two dummies down the future would watch this movie and do a podcast about it and go, wow, that is incredible. May your head finally hit the pillow at peace, Paul. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, All right, guys. Uh, any other thoughts, Alex? You know, man, I just I think this movie is interesting on a lot of layers. It has like a lot of these really terrible movie tropes. But at the same time, like if you watch it for what it should be, which I think is something a little deeper, I think you'll find that it's oddly more entertaining than it should be. Yeah, I actually that's what I mean. I like the Starship Troopering. You know what right. I mean? And I like part of the boot camp stuff. Uh, it's a weird movie. Um, but that's kind of the fun thing about looking at the alchemy of how this comes together, right? Movies are not an exact science. And again, I, I've always found a lot to enjoy with this movie, right? Uh, in a sea of, you know, a never-ending bug-like living mass of not good decisions. Right. Um, there's some fun stuff in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think this is a fine addition to the Aliens Invade the Pod Month. Guys. If you have a friend who wants to see Starship Troopers or hasn't seen it, watch it with them. Share the show. This is how we can get more people to watch. Also, let us know what alien invasion movie you guys would like us to add to the list we've already decided, and we'll get it recorded for you this month. Um, as always, take a second. Please rate and review the show. You can find the Film Alchemist podcast list of movies we have or are about to cover on uh, the Letterboxd app under the Film Alchemist podcast list. Uh, that'll help you stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve, stay abreast of what we're watching. Uh, so you can always enjoy the stuff as soon as it comes out. Cause you're obviously already subscribed. Woo. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us here at the alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dan Rico. Oh, I like that. I'm going to play Maisie star and jerk off to that. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> About one of those things. <laughs> Peace bitches.